One of the buzzwords today is the cloud, moving all your computing from that little black box underneath your desk to the internet. Facebook, YouTube, Pandora, basically any application you access with a browser is cloud-based. And businesses are now beginning to move their applications cloud-side too. Many people, including Glenn and myself, see the cloud coming and are busy preparing for it. Here at OSIsoft, there's a top secret project exploring putting the Pi system in the cloud. Ooh, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I was supposed to say that. Well, uh, somehow, word has leaked out to our customers, and we want to address some of your concerns. Before this podcast, I might add. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we put on our detective caps, and we're interrogating. I'm uh, interviewing our prime architect, the mastermind behind all OSIsoft products, Richard the Beast Beeson. Right. And this is because the aspect of Pi in the cloud shifts and shakes the fundamentals we've taken for granted in a Pi system. For years, you've bought server hardware, installed Pi on it, and double-checked your power supply. But all that changes if Pi were hosted in the cloud. File management, installation techniques, interfaces, licensing, it all changes. I mean, the cloud is a technological advancement that promises increased productivity across all industries. It's an opportunity for companies to spend less time and energy maintaining their BI or business intelligence software. To me, this is as big a deal as switching from the typewriter to the personal computer, and it's happening right now. So join us today as we talk with our VP of Engineering and Prime Pi Cloud architect, Richard Beeson, about transitioning the Pi server to the cloud, or as I like to call it, Pi in the sky. So welcome to the show, Richard. Glad to have you here. Hey, thank you, gentlemen. So um, our first question on this podcast is, you're the Director of Engineering, um, what is it like, a day in the life of the Director of Engineering at OSIsoft? Honestly, your calendar schedule, I was like, Stuart, look at this. <laughs> I mean, it's like impressively packed. Um, it, you <laughs> in know, fact, I think today we scheduled over something that was scheduled yeah. on your calendar. Yeah. Um, so, so actually right now, um, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to be spending a lot of time um, in development, actually working on uh, prototypes and working uh, with some of our engineers directly uh, on the cloud development. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting my hands on uh, a lot of devices, a lot of cloud technologies, uh, which has really been fun. Um, and it changes throughout the year. Sometimes I'm really uh, focused on uh, more management responsibilities, meetings, things like that. But right, right now, this this week, uh, it's, it's it's a lot of hands-on stuff, which is fantastic. Good, excellent. Yeah. So, Richard, when is the first time you remember talking about the concept of turning Pi into a cloud-based product? The first time, probably was in about two thousand two. Wow. Um, in a conversation with uh, Greg LeBlanc and uh, Brian Boswick, uh, two of our two of my colleagues. Um, we were talking about the notion of uh, turning the system into a service-oriented architecture. So we were thinking of the idea of what are the core things that the Pi system does and how could we deliver those things or those features as, as services. That's when the whole SOA thing was starting to go. Um, specifically in terms of where those services would live and how that would all get managed. Um, we knew that we needed something that was massively scalable, something that was massively available. That was the, that was the earliest thinking around uh, creating a servicification, if you will, of the Pi system. Um, it wasn't until probably 2005 or 2006 that we actually started thinking of those 
services as um, fitting into cloud architectures because that okay. was becoming much more mainstream. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to imagine you talking to Brian Boswick and the cloud coming up in 2002 and it just being like, oh, what, what about the cloud thing, you know, but it just not really being a serious idea for a solution. So, so when did it turn from just kind of that twinkle in your eye into a committed, you know, okay, we're actually going to put together a team and and spend a lot of time and, and see if this could work? Um, I think the real turning point for us and uh, my ability to convince uh, the company uh, in, in general to invest in this direction um, was with uh, Microsoft Azure. So Azure really was sort of the turning point for us, uh, as most of our existing customers know. We're heavily invested in Microsoft technologies. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really our platform right now of choice for Pi 3. And as soon as that became a, a viable technology, we started seeing some opportunities okay. for really building a next uh, generation set of products. So just, just for the audience, can you explain what what Azure is and why that enabled us to start thinking about cloud solutions? Well, Microsoft Azure was really the first um, major player to uh, introduce what's called platform as a service. And platform as a service, the way I look at it, is really a way of abstracting the operating system across many, many machines. Mm -hmm. uh, infrastructure as a service, which has existed for a while, is really a way of virtualizing machines, but it's not really a way of abstracting those machines away and saying they're just the next level of abstraction. Like like when we went from single processor to multiprocessor, that was in one context that allowed us to abstract. Uh, Microsoft introduced platform as a service and it allowed us to start thinking about uh, a different way of approaching uh, the Pi system that would be uh, highly available, highly scalable, and um, take a lot of the responsibility for making that happen from us so that we can really focus on the features and the functions of the services. Great. What's, uh, what's the time scale our cloud project? Going forward, what are we looking at? Well, there's, there's really two, um, there's two main uh, efforts underway in the uh, cloud development. So right now, development is actively underway for building services which extend the on-prem system. I expect we'll see uh, later this year okay. or early uh, 2013 some of the early uh, services available. Okay. The second effort which is underway is uh, putting Pi functionality itself uh, as a service. And uh, that is still in research and is, uh, right now we don't have any kind of estimate, but I would expect yeah. definitely in the next couple of years, some or all of that. Yeah, cool. Okay, so we're going to move into like the next segment of the show. So th th those were kind of the, some of the questions that um, Stuart and I came up with, but um, we also got a lot of customer questions about cloud. As you can imagine. Yeah, I think I think uh, especially our hardcore customers are really interested in uh, in this. So so we got a lot of buzz about it. The first question we got 
uh, was this one. How will partners and customers develop against Pi in the cloud? Uh, when we move to the cloud, there's really going to be two approaches. One is I think we'll, we'll see a much richer set of uh, service REST and uh, SOAP-based services for uh, management and data access. The existing AF SDK uh, will also be uh, enhanced through our data reference technology to be able to uh, interact with the cloud-based system. Okay. So you'll be able to build both uh, service-based applications and uh, rich Windows-based applications against the new technology. Yeah, and what would the mobile solution look like for that? Like, if specifically we were developing mobile apps for it, how would I develop those? Yeah, so that's actually uh, another interesting uh, aspect of how we approach this whole space, and that is we try to insist that we use uh, the same tools for building our apps that we provide for our customers. Ooh, okay. So that's that's huge. I so, think that concept is called eat your own dog food. That, that's that's <laughs> one variation, and uh, and uh, since my dog eats at Chez Panisse, that works for me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so basically our mobile application development that's going on right now, mm -hmm. uh, the iPad app and some of the Windows phones apps and things we're looking at, are all based on the uh, visualization and data services that we're making available. Okay. Um, so those would be the same services that will be available to our customers and partners uh, once they're ready for release. Great. Yeah, so that's, that's a pretty good story, I think. Yeah. So what are some of the ideas that we're knocking around for security in Pine the Cloud? How is data access going to be controlled all the way down to the tag level? All the way down to the tag level. All the way down to the tag level. Yeah, that's that's pretty low level there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so today, if you're in the Pi 3 world, uh, we have Windows Integrated Security. Okay. So we're really um, bundled in there. As you get out to the cloud, uh, as you start aggregating multiple systems, as you start crossing boundaries, there's uh, really only uh, one, what I would call, reasonable way to go, and that is uh, claims-based security. So claims-based security allows you to span multiple uh, authenticating uh, providers, um, at all, including the traditional uh, Windows AD. So... Uh, our cloud solutions will allow federation with existing customer ADs uh, so that you'll be able to use the existing Windows login, if you will. But you'll also be able to extend uh, out and use uh, other authenticating bodies if you want to configure that. So it'll be uh, evolving over time, but what we'll see is more and more support for claims-based security uh, starting in the cloud products and then working their way back down. Uh, initially, there'll be services on the prem installations which will handle the uh, the trust and the mapping between claims and the traditional Windows integrated security. Um, but yeah, that's a huge, huge part of uh, the effort of getting all of this into the cloud. So are we going to develop using HTML5 or are we going to be building native applications when we're looking at the cloud? So we will be 
building uh, in the in the coming years on top of HTML5. Cool. And uh, we'll see much more of that. But we're also uh, looking at native applications, uh, the mobile apps, the the, the mobile devices, uh, iPad, Windows Phone, Metro. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking at native applications there. So we'll continue to have a push in both directions. I think one thing we'll see going forward is much more synergy between those two. Uh, what uh, we'll see uh, applications and uh, and. Uh, Experiences that you would you would have in the HTML5 or, or web application space will be shared with what's happening on the devices. So much more synergy between our apps. So, why should our customers switch to cloud-based systems? I, I know there are concerns about security. How do you convince a customer with sensitive data to to switch from storing it on premises in their own storage systems to in somebody else's data center, maybe across the country. Yeah, well, you know that's a that's a definitely an anxiety-provoking uh, situation, and in a lot of ways, uh, we just have the same story as most uh, most of the cloud story. Mm. You know, which is scalability, reliability, availability, um, mm-hmm. cost of ownership. It takes a lot of the day-to-day responsibilities of owning and maintaining hardware and owning and maintaining software away. So mm-hmm. that's the upside. Um, the downside, at least people perceive the security issue. And my experience of all of this is that, in fact, uh, the cloud solutions may very likely be more secure. Right. Uh, I. I liken it to the difference between uh, driving and flying. So mm-hmm. it's I really I, a lot <laughs> of people hate flying because you're not in control. Exactly. Right. But if you have a meeting in Philadelphia, are you going to drive to Philadelphia from San Francisco, oh, or no. are you going to fly, <laughs> <laughs> or are you going to do a virtual presence? <laughs> which, which, by the way, depends on cloud technology. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, it feels really good to own the car. But if you look at the facts, car travel is much, much more dangerous than mm-hmm. airplane airplane travel per mile travel. Um, and I think you get scales of efficiency uh, in the cloud and scales which apply to scales of security in the cloud um, that lots of point on-prem solutions can't deliver. Okay. So I think really uh, when you start adding it up and looking at the facts, uh, the number of incidents that occur, the number of breaches that occur. Um, the cloud technologies, when they fail, will be much more uh, publicized. You know, it's like an airplane. Right. Uh, like when Google, I think Google had an issue, yeah. lost a lot of data. That's like a plane crash. That's like a plane crash. <laughs> so you get a lot of attention. But yeah. but if you look at the actual small incidents multiplied over all the private data centers and, uh, and private networks, it uh, it's much, much worse Interesting. Uh, in the private world. So I think that is something people will just have to eventually learn to um, trust the airplane, so to speak. And that'll, right. just, and that'll just happen over time. That's just something okay. that people are going to have to see. And, and, and like the airplane, there's an upside. You can, you can do things. You can get places. You can, right. you can uh, accomplish things that you cannot do as effectively or efficiently. Well, I, I never thought I'd say this, but maybe maybe through working with Richard uh, on data storage, I can help 
myself feel better about flying. <laughs> there you go. We all get something different out of these. Yeah, yeah so uh, next meeting will be in Frankfurt, right? Oh, my God. Oh, especially <laughs> over oceans, huge <laughs> oceans. I mean, land. <laughs> yeah, well, I think for a lot of people, the cloud is a huge, a huge ocean. Yeah. Well, okay. are a mess. But you, you see it as the future, like we're going there. Oh, we are going there for sure. Yeah. Um, true to OSI, you know, we leave no customer behind. Mm-hmm. Um, we will have stories for continuing to support and involve the on-prem solutions. Okay. Um, we will continue to uh, uh, provide migration paths, ways for customers to leverage their existing investment and move into the future, um, either slowly or quickly. Um, we really want to bring the value to the customers in a way that they're able and willing to absorb and take advantage of. So we want them to see the opportunity for themselves as they go forward rather than feeling like they're being pushed forward. We want to make it obvious, like, this is great. I'm really excited about joining the Pie in the Cloud idea. Exactly, okay. exactly. I, I think it's, 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 it's critical for, for customers to uh, take that leap or make, you know, make that transition when they see the value when it benefits them. Got it. Um, so, Richard, we've got one last question for you. Okay. And what we'd like to do for you is maybe crowdsource some feedback. Um, so we have people listening, customers, and they've been enraptured by this bright future that is pie in the sky. And what is it that you want to know from them that you don't know right now? Like, what is it going through our customers' mind that you're like, I really wish I could hear that? Okay, well, there's, there's really uh, two things. Uh, what, what would be most valuable? You know, we deliver a number of services. We have analytics, we have the data access, we have uh-huh. you know, a number of different things we do uh, with the Pi system. Which of those would be most valuable in the cloud? Uh, or are there things that we're not doing today that, that, that may be an opportunity in the cloud? So what do people want to see if, okay. if that was available? And, and secondly, uh, what are the real reservations or uh, obstacles? What, what would prevent people from moving forward? Um, maybe those are things we can we can either uh, talk through and and allay, or maybe those are things we need to take to heart and make sure we engineer solutions for that people are comfortable with. And if you're listening, you can send any feedback to podcasts at osisoft.com. Send us your questions or feedback to this interview. You know what? I think you've done an amazing job of describing what Pi's role is going to be in the cloud in this podcast. So thank you so much, Mr. Beeson. Um, you're a wonderful person to work with. and I'm was, excited about the future. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Glenn and Stu. It's yeah. been fun. Likewise. All right. Well, this is the uh, yet-to-be-named OSIsoft podcast. And my name is Glenn. And my name is Stuart. And we'll see you next time.